We want to be able to move people efficiently, right? But we want to encourage people to think of transit differently as we do that, as we kind of build this service out. I'm Doug Deloney. On this edition of The Next Stop, creating welcoming environments and revitalizing neighborhoods through public transit and urban design. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. Metro's podcast. Today on The Next Stop, we welcome Brandy Lockett. She is the Director of Urban Design here at Metro. Welcome to the podcast, Brandy. Hi, Doug. Thank you for having me. Even though we see urban design around us every single day, I would bet many people don't know exactly what urban design is or that Metro has people dedicated to it. Urban design at its basic form is about understanding the needs of people um, and living in spaces. So it's the design of public spaces. Um, and I, it's a practice that I deeply love and care about. It's got many different ways of changing the places that we live and we inhabit and we use and where we work, um, places that we love to go and stay. Um, I like to identify urban design and urban design space as when we're walking down the street and we see an open space, we see a bench that we want to sit on the street. Um, we see a space that we want to just be social and active with our community, um, small um, or large. Um, an urban space, an urban designer understands spaces as places that people want to inhabit. For someone who just, you know, lives in a community and, and walks around or drives around or maybe they ride the bus, uh, it makes it feel like a place that you want to be. It makes you feel like you belong there, I would say. You know, subconsciously even acknowledge that this is a nice place and, and keeps you from saying, this is a really ugly place or there's something depressing about this place. Is that a fair assessment? <laughs> no, I think to, to that point, and it's a really great point, and, you know, that is the role of the urban designer. Um, to look at these underdeveloped, um, underutilized, really vacant spaces that we don't, that we pass by every single day. I mean, um, you know, a, a space that's just in the middle or in the center of a very urban community or, you know, not so urban, you know, our job, we look at these places as like canvases. Um, we target um, vacant lots, we target vacant sites, we target underutilized places um, that are just waiting to be prominent, activated, um, to be actionable sites for people to use. And people think of Metro, they probably think of, you know, bus and the light rail service. Those are the primary services people think about Metro, but there's so much more to Metro than just that. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we have Metro Rapid, which continues expansion. We're talking about the university line and all the planning that goes into that um, and inner Katy. Um, and people don't realize a lot of Metro resources, uh, funding and, you know, us, you know, our colleagues, mm -hmm. how much goes into improving neighborhoods as we go in and put more rep Metro Rapid Line in, for instance, you know, drainage systems. And I know that your colleagues in engineering and capital planning, they handle those kinds of things. Um, but how could you uh, explain that? Is, is to, to, how would you tell someone that Metro is so much more than bus and rail, in particular when it comes to urban design? Well, transit, there's a couple of, uh, I would say, areas to kind of, kind of support that answer. Transit is, I like to think of transit as inherently sustainable. Um, and it's, you know, as the city Houston grows and grows and grows, um, we wanna be able to move people efficiently, right? But we want to encourage people to think of transit differently as we do that, as we kind of build this service out. Um, it's not just about, you know, there's, there's, you've gotta have a good service, which we really, really do, but it's also, you've gotta encourage and entice people to use it. So when the urban design role was brought to Metro, um, and when I took that role, I, you know, there was kind of this underlying, well, how do we really implement the practice of urban design, showcase what it does? And so we started developing language, which was really about helping people 
internally and externally understanding what a transit environment is and what are what are what's good not only what's good urban design but what's good transit what's a good transit environment what does that feel like what is that kind of um what's available at the stop and transit really it's a huge part of the face of our streets right and so when you look down the street you know you know a, a kind of a bus stop you know having only a shelter versus a bus stop that has a shaded shelter um that has you know um, really good kind of a look and feel to it. You know, that's got a really good, it's anchored by a really nice, you know, wide sidewalk that feels comfortable. I wouldn't mind walking to that place. I wouldn't mind, you know, sitting under that space. Um, and if I do have to sit under it, you know, um, if I have to wait, you know, what's that kind of comfort comfort level going to be for me? Um, what's the, the style of that shelter? It all matters. This, like really working with the city, really working with the our, our management districts to really develop the spaces behind um, the shelter so that they also um, are a part of, you know, creating just a better space to walk to and wait at. Can you talk about that process, how long it takes, how we get public input or feedback, how people can make suggestions, for instance? Yeah, so that process is called participatory budgeting. And it's when we as an agency or any kind of leading designer comes to um, a community, a group of people as a partner, instead of um, engaging them when we already have a site or project identified. So it's really asking a community or a group of people, what is it that you want to see um, you know, in your community and where would you like to see it? And so participatory budgeting is when it's really the community um, or a particular group of people really navigating and directing where funds are developed in their site or in, in a site or for a site or a community. And so it's really engaging and being partners um, as the designer, um, as urban designers, as urbanists, really engaging as partners rather than as really being seen as the lead designer. And I know as we expand, you know, uh, Metro Rapid in particular, we're looking very closely at a lot of neighborhoods um, and we have, you know, meetings with the community. People can submit, you know, feedback on our website as well. Um, and I know that our planners um, and people across all of our departments actively listen to uh, the community. Is there anything in particular um, that you've worked on? On recently, or maybe even just a few years ago when you first started in this position um, that has now come to fruition or something in particular that you're proud of or something that's in the works and upcoming in the next year or two or, or even longer. We're also kind of starting to develop art and transit guidelines. We're looking at sites right now to kind of identify the sites that when we really think that we want to take our first step at not just a pilot project, I hate to use the word pilot, but we really want to kind of put the resources um, you know, to not to test, but to just just to show how to use the document. And so we're looking at transit and more park and rides to kind of test out um, and just to showcase internally how we intend and how our consultants and how outside parties can um, use our documents um, to kind of design. And also with developers, we've got sites that we're looking at retrofitting. You know, there's so many kind of really large scale projects that are popping up near our transit spaces, our park and rides and our transit centers, which is great. But we want to have a list of directives um, that kind of support, you know, the opening up, you know, these developments um, to have clear access, clear, clear accessibility. And, and real quick, going back to the manual, um, you said this is in December, this is going to come out? Yeah, it's December 22. So we've got a couple of more next month, really about a month away from getting it out there. The manual is designed for internal and external consultants. Um, so internal staff um, 
technically it's designed for consultants who we who work with Metro. Um, but I think that the way that it's organized is to capture the interest of anyone interested in the design of transit environments. There's a lot of diagrams, a lot of illustrations, a lot of showcasing opportunities to amplify a transit space. Volume two, which we're already starting to talk about, we're really hoping to document the projects that we're working on now so that the kind of illustrated diagrams that you see in volume two become real on the ground projects, physical projects that show the before and after. You know, I think that if anyone, you know, is, is listening and they're out there and they really want to make an impact um, to changing not just transit, but, you know, their street, getting involved in design of their community, you know, urban design is a great way to um, kind of develop, you know, what you care about um, and, and taking that initiative to, to changing your spaces. It starts with people, it's about changing places and it's got one of the greatest impacts on um, on our communities and the, and the look and feel of our environment. And, um, and and switching it up a little bit, I'm sure you think about urban design in, ger- in general. I consider it almost like an art form, but in, in a literal sense, there is some actual art involved. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about this arts in transit? Is that what it's called? That's what it's called. So that's our art and transit is kind of the overarching um, practice that we're um, including within our urban design framework. Um, art and transit, of course, we've seen it nationwide, but we want to take that step um, and including artistic mediums of all um, modes um, within our transit infrastructure. And our first step of including that um, is our short-term project of joining the um, Big Walls, Big Dreams um, mural festival. Um, we've got four sites, 16 murals, and um, we've got Burnett Station, light rail columns, um, and Kashmir operating transit facility. And so literally artists are going to come out and paint murals uh, part of our, onto our facilities. Or of course it's all approved and, and whatnot. They're just not showing up and randomly doing it. Uh, but these <laughs> but, are selected artists. Um, how long will the art stay up? So the art will be up. We, we hope that it'll stay up for a year. Um, we're thinking that this is not a pilot project, but a kickoff of transformative project for the art and transit initiative. Um, so we think that it will hopefully stay up for the year of 2023. That's great. And I know Houston in general is very welcoming of, of murals and, and mural artists. Uh, we see it on the side of our buildings. So I'm glad that Metro is now uh, stepping up and getting involved a little bit of, in, in a little bit of that as well with our properties, because certainly it, it, it helps with the beautification and, and just mixing things up other than, like I was saying, concrete and steel. Exactly. <laughs> How are the artists selected or where do we find these artists? So because this is a short-term process, we, we it's twofold. We, we know we want it to, we have this art and transit initiative. And so we really wanted to just get art on the, get art on the street, you know, now and with this festival coming up so fast, we partnered with UpArt, who are these public space transforming um, art studio. And so they had, um, they knew that they wanted to be involved with the, uh, with the festival. They already partnered with Complete Communities, but they had these artists, um, kind of aligned. And so we were able to just kind of jump start and be a part and we sponsor them. So the artists were selected. I think long-term we're looking at a more inclusive, a more process that's completely engaging where we work more with the community to select artists. But for this particular mural festival, the artists were pre-selected um, and we believe that they're going to really include art that's um, reminiscent of their community. Um, speaks to um, engaging communities and speaks to highlighting vibrant um, 
artwork within the, within the neighborhoods that they're going to be showcasing. In. You said it was Burnett. You said we have four? Yeah, so we have four sites that we're going to um, showcase within the mural festival. So at Burnett Station, we've got Envy Artistry, which is the name of the art studio. Um, for the light row columns um, at Roosevelt Elementary School, um, we've got Dread Art Studio. And at Burnett Transit Center, um, we've got Alex Maskov, um, a Ukrainian artist who's designing this really beautiful mural um, on the stairs at Burnett Transit Center. So it's not just going to be on the vertical kind of um, CME walls at our facilities. It will be on the stairs. So as you look up, you'll see this kind of, um, you know, abstract, beautiful mural as you walk up your stairs and as you're approaching the stairs. It's four sites and 16 murals. Thanks again, Brandy, for joining us. Okay, thank you. And if any of you listening would like a glimpse of the Arts and Transit Project, you want to check out some of the awesome artwork, make sure you keep an eye on our social pages and YouTube channel. That wraps it up for this edition of The Next Stop. Thanks to you, the listener, and all of our Metro writers out there. I'm Doug Deloney. If you'd like to check out more episodes and subscribe, you can find all the links you need on ridemetro.org. As always, drive less and do more with Houston Metro. Metro.